All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Ada Fruit Factory, not a green screen. This is the factory where we do all of our manufacturing uh, and kidding and, and assembly and coding and stuff. Uh, nobody else is here. It's just us in the factory, so we're maskless because we're vaccinated and we live together. But uh, you're bored of us. What you want to see is everybody from the community right. come by and show off what they're working on. So we're going to kick it off with Kevin from DigiKey. What are you up to, Kevin? What's going on? Hey, guys. How you doing? How's everybody? Good. Good, good. So just a, a quick thing that I've been working on. I've been doing a, a lot more 3D printing lately, and I've learned a, a thing or 10 from Noah and Pedro. They seem to know everything, which is great. So make sure and watch their 3D Hangouts. But I, I did start using Octoprint this week, or not this week, like last week, and started playing around with it. And uh, this week I added the Adafruit NeoPixel strip to it, which is a deal breaker because I kept shutting the light off in my office when I was when I would leave, and I'm trying to do time-lapse videos, and it would go dark. So the time-lapse didn't turn out very well. So anyway, uh, being able to use Octoprint and directly integrate it with the Adafruit NeoPixel strip has been really great it's been a lot of a lot of fun to get it to work with the raspberry pi and very interesting and i've really enjoyed it all right it must be fun wait sorry it must be fun that you can just like go to the digikey factory and pick up neopixels whatever you want oh yeah it's uh digikey factories right across town and it you know it's like a candy store for now yeah so yeah i love it it's been great stuff Next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try and figure out with uh, one of the many thousands of Adafruit boards and integrate a sensor to it so it'll sense the light. When I turn the light off, it'll automatically turn white LEDs on. Mm, That's good. a good idea. That's right. We just got um, – we, we have one of the new iOS devices that has a LiDAR oh, yeah. uh, on it. And so yeah. I haven't seen a lot of examples yet, but we're going to figure out, like, how, can you scan something in real life, get the file out? Um, there's apps that do that, and then print it. So – Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we'll try to do that. We'll let you know how it works out. It'll be on the show and tell. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, Kevin. So much, Kevin. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Take enjoy. Care. Next up, it's Scott. We're going to go to Scott. And, and Scott's, Scott's map. map. Hello. So uh, unrelated to CircuitPython, I don't know if I showed this or not, but this is FiberDeserts.net. It's a project I've been working on in my evenings for, I don't know, a few weeks now. And the idea is that it should help find areas in the US where uh, people don't have fiber internet, they have cable or they even have DSL. So um, this is kind of the current version of it. And uh, the red areas are the places that people don't have fiber and the more red it is with density. So this is kind of what I was playing around with, uh, but it doesn't have, it just has Washington here is what I did. Uh, and I had the switch tech. So I've got this new demo, this is New York. And I don't have the broadband data here yet, but you can see that I'm able to do the same, like hover over all mm, of the regions. That's so nice. And uh, it changes the regions depending on your zoom level. So it'll do counties. And then as you get zoom closer, you'll do like census tracks and then census blocks. And census blocks are the units that the FCC reports all this stuff. And that's kind of why it's centered like that. And uh, I just wanted to do a shout out because uh, the project that I'm switching to for this is actually a thing called data set. Uh, spelled like cassette, so D-A-T-A-S-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. uh, it's a Python project, and it, it blurs the line between like static hosting and databases where you ship a SQLite database with your code, and uh, you can have like as many copies of that as you want. 
Um, and it has these cool properties that it has this default interface where you can actually just do SQL from the databases that are running on your server. Um, so it's a really neat project. I wanted to show it off for folks. And uh, I'm adding some extensions that handle all of, the, all of this like GISC data to it. Um, so next step is to figure out how to get the side panel so you can see all the data about a particular block and then also like joining it in and styling it so you can find the areas that are most interesting. All right. Well, just like the last uh, round of municipal projects, keep coming back and showing um, some of the progress. And then you're going to be doing your deep dive sort of Python stuff this yep. Friday. As well. Yeah, I've been making lots of uh, progress on the workflow stuff. It's not quite showable, but I'll definitely show it next week, hopefully uh, fully functioning, right, even if it's that. just a little duct, duct taped. I love the metro data analysis. I love it when people are like, I want this data. And like, if you think about it, 20 years ago, there was no way to get any information like this about the, your city, state, country. Now it's yep. like, it's cool. It's like getting GIS data, getting these agencies to, to publish the data in a way right. that people can use it. They yep. know that if they just give you the data, somebody else is going to make that. Right. And for like the broadband stuff, like there's been a couple of rounds already of like rural funds and, um, They've not been spent that well, in my opinion, because they're spent usually on DSL. Um, and like people are getting DSL in 2020, which is just absurd to me. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things I want to highlight here is like, oh, you're in this area and so-and-so got paid $2,500 a household or a person to run you t 10 megabits down and one up uh, DSL. Like That you're sharing with like everybody else on your block. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So like instead, I think my opinion is that we should just pay for fiber to folks because uh, that's a better long long-term investment and that's why it's fiber deserts not broadband okay so that makes sense Fiberous. all right there's some data set and sqlite fans in the chat so yeah. drop some links in there and then yep, we'll do catch up with you on friday right oh yeah and then the two weeks after that i will not be streaming because i'm going on vacation so just a heads up for folks yay all right all right thank, all right. You, thank you so much Scott. Scott. Thank you. Up, let's go to no pager no pager what you got going on this week Hey folks. Hey. Yeah, so we wanted to show a prototype of uh, something that uh, Dylan came up with. So she had this cool Jeopardy game uh, run in the CPB uh, because uh, LeVar, uh, many remember from reading Rainbow, uh, is going to be hosting July 26th through, what's the internet say? 26th to 30th. So we wanted to make sure we uh, were up, you know, uh, ready for that. So there's a controller here that you push to get the, uh, I guess, the players ready. And there'll be three of these that you can play along. So you do whatever question, we'll just watch it during the show. We'll do a little shout out that we do, and then, you know, you get the answer. And the little, uh, the stem speaker handles uh, some sound effects, and then you can reset that, like that. And then have the next player hear the next question go up. So all a bunch of wires, but it's all gonna fit within this little 3D printed box. We have the CPB inside here, and then the stem speaker will go on the bottom. And then this guy just snap fits on top with the diffusion, uh, the color, like whatever player it will, it will have different colors on there that will show up on there. And that is uh, what we're prototyping. And then I wanted to show off some keycap stuff since yeah. the main focus of all the projects coming out. Yeah, real quick, I yeah. just wanted to share. I uh, milled some of these keycaps. This was a 3D printed lemon cat, uh, lemon pad from a couple weeks ago. So I just wanted to print some of these keycaps. Sorry, mill some of these keycaps in this uh, hard wood. Uh, so uh, we got a couple of these really nice keycaps in the shop. So I've been using this as like a reference point to see like how can I mill the stem because that's really the most important piece about it. Hard to focus, but whatever, what you're going to do. So I did do that and I ran through some uh, some failures here. So 
Uh, this design didn't end up working too well, so I kind of reworked it so that's more of an enclosed bit here. Mm. So you kind of see that. I'm sorry about the focus, but no, what you gonna do? Yeah, so it wor it ended up working out pretty well. I also want to do some like multi-material. Maybe I can mill this out of uh, some some HDPE or some aluminum and kind of press fit in there. But so far, it seems to be working pretty good. Um, and then we have some other uh, kind of different shape ideas because like the whole point was to kind of make something that wasn't a square. Um, yeah, so CNC milling, learning learning some different things. Okay. Very cool. And folks, tune into your show every Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. So, right. Like these, videos and more this couple has the longest running 3D printing show on the internet. <laughs> Phil, I'll you got take, it. I'll take 3D Hangouts for 300 hours. Thanks, folks. All right. Like okay. Let's go to John uh, Park. John Park, what you got going on? Hey, hello. Uh, so I also have some, yeah, I got some Bongo Cat going on here. Uh, I showed this uh, yesterday and, and uh, you might be showing a clip later, I don't know, but uh, the thing I'm showing on here is actually this feather wing, which is a, a two key switch feather wing. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to point out is that since I was using this yesterday and I was actually knocking keys off when I was using it, I 3D printed a little switch plate and uh, essentially the switches click into this and they give each other a little bit of stability uh, usually keyboards have these uh, a metal stamped plate or something like that. So I've added that here. And then I've also been working on a uh, fun little remake of a popular project in the mechanical keyboard community that's called the 2% Milk. And it's a two, a two key macro pad and it's in a milk carton. Uh, so I designed my own version of that model that fits a feather and our feather wing. So this one, I, I've got our NR52840 in there, a little space for USB, a little space for reset, um, and then a couple of keys. And you can see there again, I've got a key plate holding those switches in nicely. So they'll uh, be nice and stable, nice and solid as you're using them, they won't wiggle out because these are uh, socketed. So these switches are sitting in a little socket, they're not soldered in. Um, and then the third thing uh, of, my, of my keyboard stuff going on today is I showed this uh, really huge novelty uh, keycap uh, and key, and I've uh, modeled and printed a little stand for it here so we can still sort of see its uh, innards. And I just got in today some of our eight millimeter diffused NeoPixels and I hooked that up to it. So now I can do uh, some lighting effects when you press it. This one's uh, not doing anything right now. It's not gonna like shut off my computer, which is good. I've, I've disabled uh, the USB output, but normally we can use this to output USB. And now I can also do some cool lighting effects with that big juicy NeoPixel. All right. That's what I got going on. It's so chunky. We'll be playing some of your videos tonight on Ask an Engineer and then tomorrow's JP's workshop and more. Yeah, come on by for more fun. Okay. Clicky, okay. click, click. Jump, click, jump. click, click. Next up, let's go to Paint Your Dragon. Oh, hello there. Wow. The eyes have it. The I eyes have spoken. I thought, you know, I thought my eye days were behind me, like we were no. done with nope. eyes. But um, actually, on the weekend, I had some questions from someone who like actually makes like monster stuff, um, and they wanted to use the monster mask in in a project of theirs. And you know this this board, it's wonderful. It's so slim, but even then, this um, you know the Elton John frames around the eyes were problematic for them. It was still it was still too chunky for what they were doing. And uh, so um, I think Lamore showed these on a "It's Not Out Yet" one time, but uh, we were both looking at uh, at these round TFT displays. Wow. And uh, anyway, I, I got the 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 eyeball code uh, 
working on a itsy bitsy M4. It took like surprisingly little work. And uh, these these displays, because they don't have um, the big frame around them, hopefully that will fit uh, inside their their monster application better. So uh, that was just a weekend project that I did, and I thought I'd show it. Um, cute. Wow. Yeah, they're cute, aren't they? All right. Very cool. Hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Willby. You Bye. bet. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Brent. Brent, what you got going on? Hello. Um, this past week, I've been working on uh, Adafruit Whippersnapper, and we're getting close to finishing it towards a beta, which is really exciting. And one of the difficulties is how we're getting it to people. Um, and like with Adafruit IO Arduino, we distributed it. Like we had this configuration file, and if you're using a uh, airlift on your board, you would uncomment a line. You would comment a line if you're using Phono or Ethernet. And um, with CircuitPython and all the work done in CircuitPython, I thought that we can make it a little bit easier. So um, like I have a board over here and it's a Metro M4 airlift. And if I connect it, you'll see a whipper volume mount just like the CircuitPython volume. Ooh. And that volume contains a secrets.json and I'm not clicking it because it has my keys on it. Mm. But what it looks like, I have like a templated version and if it doesn't exist, they'll make it already, is you can store your IO username and your IO key. And in addition to that, you can store what type of network interface you're using. So if you have like an ESP32 S2 with native Wi-Fi built in, um, all you need is your SSID and password, right? But if you have a phone, you need um, like your GSM ID in addition to a lot of other different um, like properties that aren't available like through this native Wi-Fi interface. So it'll let us like add different interfaces for different board types. And that's what I've been working on. Neat. All right, very cool. You're making IoT too easy. We'll get that feedback later. So we'll deal with it. All right. I All love right. I love Teeny USB making mass storage a thing. It's now a yeah. thing. All right. Thank you. Hi, so thank much, you, Brent. Brent. Next up we're gonna go to Sean. Oh, hey, Hello, Sean. Sean. How are you doing? Okay, this got week? the got the double digit key. What's going on, Sean? Yeah. Oh, you're on mute, but you're going to I will unmute. There we go. I got it. I'm actually not uh, repping DigiKey. This is my own project oh, that no, sorry. I said I would get working last time, and I got it working. And I know I've shown this off before um, on a previous show and tell. It's not like that. A, this it's is a, a great – got a great yeah. setup here. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I've got my ultra-wide and, yeah. and then my secondary. Yeah, um, more. I know. Just like I need one on this side with the vertical so I can do more code, right? Yeah. And um, so what I've got here is the, the Feather STM uh, F405. Mm -hmm. And I was doing TensorFlow Lite for micros on it by hand by converting stuff to a um, basically a spectrogram and then using uh, a convolutional neural network to look for spoken words from it. However, yeah, I've updated it to Edge Impulse where I've just uploaded all of my samples and used their stuff, which computes the melt frequency spectral coefficients, which are slower, but they did all sorts of optimizations. So now it runs happily in an STM32F405 okay. Okay. and it works way better. So okay, do it. here we yeah. go. So I've got still full control. Yeah. Hadouken. Oh, oh, you can't. Hadouken. Oh, it's not listening to me. Here we go. Hadouken. There we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see if I remember the actual combo, right? <laughs> All right, sweet. All right, good work. Thanks. So that was um, 
Try, That's cool. Custom I, voice commands are yeah. really, really, really hard and, to and, do. And it's not internet connected and it's an edge device. You know, that's what one of the things that we always try to explain to folks why, the, why we're interested in this collectively yeah. is people who do electronics because you don't have to have a giant cloud computer with an always on microphone in your house. You trained all the models and now it lives on that. So Exactly. Everything's all the voice stuff's being run right here on this little microcontroller. That's yeah. it. All right. Good work. Yay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 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 I love that constantly now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Good work, Sean. All right. Thanks Thank so much. You are the Street Fighter. Uh, okay. Next, Next up, up, we're going to go to Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, hey. All right, Bill. What you got going on this week? So I got I got weird stuff this week. So what I've spent most of the week on has been working with Dan Halbert to get the uh, custom descriptors working, and they work. So you can go into boot.py. In this case, I took a, a known good Xbox adaptive controller gamepad. I was able to manually enable it and it totally worked and the Xbox doesn't freak out and I'm not having to use a custom build of CircuitPython. So that's awesome. Um, he then made a mistake and asked me what would be next. And I told oh, him see, yeah, this eye gaze bar and it has multiple reports within one descriptor which is going to blow apart his stuff. So now, now we're working on that. So that's what we're we're working on, working on. How's, the, how's the customizable USB so far, though? Is it you have, have you been able to do the XAC stuff, or is that yeah. still? Yeah, the XAC stuff's great. Uh, in fact, it's very simple. You put in the this, uh, figuring out the descriptor sucks, but that's not your that's not your problem. Yeah. Um, once you know the descriptor, loading it in is easy. Uh, we are going to change this in that I'm going to need to give him if there are multiple report IDs, I need to tell them what they are. So he's going to add that in. That's going to require a little change before 7.0 comes out. But with that, that's only for the next step. For the current thing of I need a gamepad that is weird because Xbox adaptive controller is weird, it works perfectly. And it's easy. It's super easy. You put it in boot.py. You have to remember to do a hard reset every once in a while. And like, that's it. It just works. I saw how so like accessibility technology, it's like, you used to just be like, okay, how can we like work with people and and like make you know diagrams and cards, and now it's like okay, you have to know HID, 3D printing, yes. yeah, multiple operating systems, boot style, keyboard configure. Like it's just so intense. It's cool because like we actually can make this stuff. It is it fascinating. Is really cool what we can do with Python. So I'm, I was never a Python guy before I started working with you guys, uh, but what you can do with Python in like 50 lines of Python, you can do ridiculous things right now. Yeah. Um, the thing that I wanted to show you is something that I was asked for. I'm going to change what I'm looking at here. So this is what I want to show you. And I don't think I've ever shown it to you before, but I should have because it's been over a year. So this is actually, I'm going to change, go back to my camera for a second here. So this is actually what I'm going to be making a bunch of. I got a request from a large company that won't be named that they're doing an outreach event and they wanted something where they could teach people how to solder. And they said, do you have any kits or anything that would be useful afterwards? And they happen to have a lot of Xbox adaptive controllers in their company. Um, and so this is something we designed a while ago that takes in uh, this joystick, which is one of the, so I took your design, Lamore. Yeah. Uh, I added I two, two jacks to it so cool. that you don't have to do any wiring because before that it looked like this with glue and yeah, little yeah. tiny wires. So I made this design a while ago, but it really, um, it was really kind of brutal to manufacture. So I wanted to show this to, Le to uh, Noah and Pedro. I went into Fusion and I made a negative of the board. 
Mm. So you can literally just pop this thing on and you've got a jig for doing all your soldering. Isn't that cool. great? That's great. Like, yeah. all, all I did in Fusion was, was literally go in and, and extrude down the um, mm. the parts. Just I, I you know, mm. okay, I can show you over here. You know, making jigs is usually the hardest part of yeah. manufacturing, but you are like 3D. Yeah. So, so if you want to show, show my screen for a second, I can show you guys this. Um, so what I what I did was I took the the part because when we make parts, and I'm pretty sure um, the Reese brothers do the same thing, they lay out their parts, right? Because you can download all these parts, mm -hmm. um, you lay them out, and then you build your case around it, right? So you build the top around it, and you build the bottom around it. And what I did was I just flipped it over. I turned off the knob, flipped it over, and projected parts into a jig, right? Mm -hmm. So if you if you look at the sketches. Um, and turn the sketches on here, right? I projected in the parts, and then I just added some space around them, them and pushed them down. And it was super easy to make a jig that would hold that. I did. It took a couple of test prints, but now I can give them the board, the joystick, the two switches, and a, and one jig for per table, and they can crank these things out as as just a, a you know way to to practice soldering. And I, I love this idea of making the jig with a three D printer. This so. is so cool. All right. Yeah, you should yeah, work with the known patron, maybe publish this up or or yeah. you know. Yeah, we can make a guide on it. Absolutely. Okay, sweet. All right. We're, yeah. We got a lot, a lot of other people, so we gotta go. But uh right. this is yeah, good stuff. Thank you so nice much. Work, right. Good to see Bye. you. All right, for everyone else, if you can keep it to like a minute and a half, we have a full house tonight. We'll be yeah, able to get to everyone. Yeah, more people showed up even. Okay. So let's go to Eddie next. Hey Eddie. Hey. Hello, what you got going on? Yeah. Oh, cool. So I shared this on the channel the other day, but uh, I'm building this is for the Omega Zero that I've been promoting. Uh, yeah. Congrats uh, on your efforts. Thank We've you. been retweeting and been watching all the progress. Good work. Thank you. Good thank work. you so much. So this is running CircuitPython and this is to automate my garage. Mm. Um, but what's new here that I didn't share last time is now I added the Raspberry Pi Zero here. And before this was sending all the information to the MQTT server on Adafruit, uh, so Adafruit IO. And I can actually share. Can I share my screen so you guys can see the back? Yeah, of it? All yeah right. just keep it to you know a little bit uh, under a minute a so I get to everybody else. And I'll uh, as soon as I see it come up here, I'll add it to the. There you go. So this is where the data was going before to the uh, Adafruit. Uh, can you see the? No, your screen didn't come up. Oh. Okay, I guess it's not going to allow me to do it. Uh, yeah, the I have to get permission. Ooh. Yes, anyway, so this is sending uh, the data. I have sensors that measure temperature, humidity, uh, and a bunch of stuff on my garage. So this is all sending it through this stack. And then from the Adafruit uh, IO back, and I can trigger my, to open and close my garage. But also I can monitor the temperature and all that information from the dashboard. Now, the reason I changed it now and added a Raspberry Pi Zero in between is because I wanted to have real-time information, so I made a, 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 a mobile app. So I can also see everything in real-time, which I was able to do it through the back end on, on Adafruit I.O., but I wanted a little bit more control because I want to add different devices that tells me at home when the doors are stayed open. Like So I have left my garage open overnight a few times, so I'm preventing that. So this thing automatically detects if it's open, and it will automatically close the Yay, garage. Yeah, it works. Yeah. All right, great. Yes. So All I don't right, want to time, but thank you so much. I just wanted to share this. Yes, yeah. yes. Really and, um, please feel free to drop links on where people can find out uh, more as well. Thank you. I will right, do. Thank you, Eddie. Right. Thank you so much. So Bye. We're gonna, I'm going to call these out in order so everyone can get on deck. We're going to go to Tavis and then Mike, then Stuart, then Mark. So we got a lot of folks at yeah. Tavis. Hey, Tavis. Hey. So it's Project. 
So I've been messing around with Nixie tubes lately. So the first thing I did was these little dice that you roll and shake it. Oh, this is so yeah. dangerous. <laughs> See, it's a, each one's a die. Yeah. And then it adds cool. the two up and gives you a result. So after I did this, I made this little board so I could make, not have to hand wire everything. Mm. And then built this guy. So my, my pops did the artwork. Oh, nice. Cool. And uh, he's got two Russian Nixie tubes in the top. Wow. And you guys' LED display for the eyes. And your soundboard is making the sounds. Oh, this is great. This is great. I'm creeped out, but also yeah. intrigued. <laughs> so the, the top ones are some kind of Nixie tubes used for probably some kind of measuring device, I would yeah. guess. Yeah, probably measuring other Nixie tubes. Yeah, that's awesome. He's got a glass front on him, so it's reflecting. Yeah, no, we can we see, see it. it. If uh, if and when you get around to taking some photos of it, can you uh, send me an email, PT Adafruit, so I can post these up on our blog? Yeah, yeah, and I'm good. I was gonna make a little YouTube video too oh, yeah. on my channel. Send send all that over, and we'll do we'll do a blog post. Uh, that looks beautiful. Awesome. Okay. Nicely done. All right. Thanks. thanks. Take it all easy. Right. Next up, we're going to go to Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Long time. Hey. How you doing? Let me go and share my screen here. And then after Mike, we'll go to Stuart, then Mark, and we should get done just in time. If everyone keeps it to like a minute-ish. All right. After this sitting around for multiple months, for the after the Ada box came, new one came, how to use it. So this is cycle 25 for all the ham radio guys and people wondering about that. Mm. Sun runs an 11-year cycle, so it goes from bad to really great, then it starts sliding down and starts over again. So this shows the info, and depending on those numbers, I say get on the radio or get back to work. Cool. So how from an example you, point of view, I've done a couple of cool things because I didn't see it. I have both, the it sleeps for four hours at a time, but mm -hmm. if you press one of the buttons, it will wake up on that. So I have both types of alarms working on here. And I didn't nice. see any example code that clearly showed how to do that. Also, what I have is a battery alert. So if the battery voltage gets below 3.3, I wake up, I, I say battery low, beep 10 times, and I wake up every two hours until you plug it into the USB-C port. For the events, there are all the solar events. And if you press it, it you know how this thing works. It takes a while update yeah. it will show right now it's really rough but as soon as this thing decides to update there we go it it's just printing the raw first entry of the json file that's published by noah cool so i need to get All that right. published and then it should flash once more so you can go back to refresh or events so i don't know friend. if you've got examples that are using both time alarm time alarm and button alarm uh, if not, maybe I can polish up, do something, and publish this yeah. on the Learn site. Publish it, yeah. We've got a lot of ham radio people who'd love Please to try do. it out. Uh, well, right. I thought, let's see, send. Of course, it's on GitHub. There's the link. Okay, right. cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. Mike. All right. Awesome. Good to see you again. Yeah. All right, 73. All right. We're going to go to Stuart, Stuart and then Mark back to back. Take it away, Stuart. Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, he's right. Okay. Yeah, so I was getting ready for my uh, vaccine, I guess, sometime this month. So I decided to make what everybody else was making. Cool. This is a remix from uh, Noah, uh, Noah and, and uh, his brother. This is great. Okay. So what I did was um, 
as the that's the um, the QTPI 2040. Yeah. And the uh, the OLED and uh, use some uh, laser CNC laser CNC here and here for that. And for the back, I'm covering all the wires. What I did was I, I got the back SDL converted to SVG and cut the um, did a cutout from the pre-cut uh, from a light stock paper so it can cover the wires and things like that. But once you turn it on, it does a uh, vaccine. I don't know if you can see it. And it says uh, vaccine, va vaccine. This is great. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it blinks the... Uh, the uh, the uh, neopixels. So. I, I, love the, Stewart. I, I love this project <laughs> because when people imagine like vaccine passports in their head, they're like, it's going to be like this. And you and you built it. So good work. Nice <laughs> work. All right, Stuart. Thank, Thank you so much. Super cyberpunk. All right, Mark, play us out. All right, Mark and Mark's yeah. barbecue. I, you can show uh, my screen. Yeah. So this was an old lantern that I grabbed at a friend's when we were having a campfire one day. It was one of those free days when there was stuff on the street. And this was probably 10 years ago. So I have since been working on it. And I can stop sharing this and show the brand new one, which has now been restored and oh, painted. Uh, the next step is to try to find plastic to replace the plastic on the inside. So if anyone knows flexible plastic I can get in here, please let me know. And then, of course, to put LEDs in it, because why else would yeah. you build something? It almost looks yeah, like you got good um, reasons. in New York, there's these like stained glass water towers. They were art projects, essentially. Um, it was it reminds me of that because it looks like a mini water tower. Um, but the flexible uh, film, G or the, something, the flexible yeah. film that you use for uh, lights might work. Yeah, it's Pet G. Yeah, Pet, Pet G, G is what you might want to Okay, It's very flexible. I've not, learned not a lot about plastics in the last two days. Yeah, just go go to the plastic shop. They'll have they'll have sheets of it. It scratches easily, but it's super cheap. Yeah. Works All right. Great. All right. Thank you, Mark. Well, very cool, Mark. Thank you so yeah. much for coming by and sharing your very good find. Okay. Thanks a lot. I love re recycling. All right. Upcycling. That's it. Full house tonight. Thank you so much, everybody. This is our favorite half an hour every week. Show and tell. We're here seven thirty p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday. Next up, ask an engineer. Starts a matter of seconds. Yes. Bye, everybody. See you on the other side.